Hi, this is George Securus, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, welcoming you back to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television that is happy to bring you part two of a conversation that began last week with entertainment legend Ruta Lee. Ruta's new memoir, Consider Your Ass Kissed, not only tells the story of how a young girl, the daughter of Lithuanian immigrants, became one of the most legendary entertainers in Hollywood history, but provides a treasure trove of authentic memories about the golden age of film and television, including Ruta's roles opposite the likes of Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds, Charles Bronson, James Garner, Lucille Ball, Fred Astaire, Sally Fields, Robin Williams, Howard Kill, Julie Newmar, Bob Crane, Phyllis Diller, Raymond Burr, and Frank Sinatra. You can order Consider Your Ass Kissed right now at Amazon.com. If you missed last week's program, Ruta had just shared the amazing story of how she convinced then-Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev to release her 92-year-old Lithuanian grandmother from the Soviet Union in 1964 so that she could live her remaining years in America and be reunited with her daughter, Ruta's mother, for the first time in 36 years. As we pick up the conversation, two things. One, your self-deprecating sense of humor comes across when you tell this story. I, I, I should remind folks, Ruta was very well known uh, overseas because of her appearances in Operation Eichmann, because of her appearances in in Witness for the Prosecution and on shows like The Twilight Zone. So you had name value. And so that and plus you had James Bacon and you had Life Magazine working this, you know, yeah. for you. They, they wouldn't do that just for anybody. So well, that's had name value in Lithuania. That same name value didn't apply to Russia, nor did I speak Russian. I did speak Lithuanian. I do speak Lithuanian, mm-hmm. uh, which helps, of course, a great deal. And to this day, oh, honey, I am a much bigger name than Barbara Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the, the other thing, and this is why I love that story so much, uh, is, is, is one of my favorite stories in Consider Your Ass Kissed. Ruta, it's because it's one of the many pleasant surprises because the pace of the book, there's a lot of uh, funny stories, there's a little bit of dish, but then every now and then you slow down the pace and the story of your your grandmother, it's a story with a lot of heart. Well, you know, I, I feel like that should be another book, although I've got to tell you, putting a book together is the most difficult job I think I've ever done. Mm-hmm. For me to sit down and write is impossible. So I sat down and I talked. Mm-hmm. And my dear friend Barry from Texas would come in and he recorded everything. And God bless him, he recorded every phone call, every bark, every burp. <laughs> Excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom yeah. now. You know, that all got recorded and it got printed. Now, I've got to tell you, the editing that I had to do at first was really something. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's very interesting because then you say, well, there's this story, but then does it really relate to that story and how do I do this? And So I just blabbed and, and got train of thought. And it, I hope that it works. I, I hope people find it interesting amusing and uh, I don't have any lessons to teach 
other than, as I say in the book, we've only got one life. Live it to the best of your ability and, and do for others as you would do for yourself. Consider Your Ass Kissed, available through our friends at Britain Publishing. You can also find it at Amazon.com, wherever books are sold. Rudalee.com. You can also follow Ruda on Twitter and on Facebook for on the Thalians, the Thalians.org. Uh, oh, we were talking about San Francisco a little earlier in our conversation. I knew that you had done uh, High Rollers, and I knew that you had done the Hollywood Squares and a few other shows. I was not aware that you had done the dating game, and I bring up the dating game because of San Francisco because of Jim Lang. Ah, yes, I hear what you're saying. God, he was a cute guy. I yes, liked he, working with Jim. Yes, he was. Uh, he's another one with a, that is a smiler and a, and a happy person. I adored San Francisco, and of course, what was really nice was that I got to stay at the Fairmont every time. Mm -hmm. And our producer lived across the way at the Mark Hopkins where he uh, maintained an apartment. That producer being Jaime Del Valle, the producer of The Lineup, one of the first shows filmed in San Francisco, which Rudely appeared on many, many times during its network run. And he was so good about taking me out to dinner and, and taking me to Finocchio's and taking me to the wonderful restaurants. What's that great uh, restaurant with the red flocked wallpaper that was also in the, in the uh, Jimmy Stewart movie? Um, oh Lord! Uh, I'll I'll I'll, pro I'll probably think of it as soon as we hang up, and I'll put it. In up. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But he he really you know was was so magnanimous about that, and he he kept a wonderful big beautiful Cadillac convertible up there, and we would. It wasn't often that the top was down because San Francisco was always they shot during the summer, but it was always cold mm -hmm. there. You know, you, yeah. a fur was was available all year round. Yep. But he took me to some of the best places that I ever got to see. Of course, I got to work in some of the slummiest places I ever saw too. You know. Well, that was the show. You know, <laughs> you, you, they did film. It, it was a crime drama, so you know, and, and it was it, it had a little bit of atmosphere to it. So that was all. It part did. Of we did all the locations up there in San Francisco. Then the interior shots were shot here, mm -hmm. unless they were in a big theater or a country club or something. You know, where they had been given permission to do interior work. But you know, to have a crew in a lobby of a hotel is means it business has to come to a standstill practically because you've got hundreds of people milling around with lights and things and and cameras and and dolly equipment and tracks and all of that stuff so it's easier to shoot on a sound stage where you don't have to beg everybody's permission to to uh, you know cross the room to shoot something so uh uh, we'd shoot up there, and then you'd have to remember what the hell you did and what you know what you wore. Of course, the script people take care of that. But uh, it was such a pleasure, such a beautiful pleasure, and as I said earlier, uh, a real training period for me, as was all of the stuff that I did on uh, Raymond Burr's... Uh, Perry Mason. Perry Mason. I did a lot of those mm -hmm. and played different characters... And uh, it was it was such such a learning experience, along with being joyous. Uh, Ray Burr, 
who always seemed very stoic and serious and all of that, was one of the great jokesters and pranksters mm-hmm. of all time. I once came in to the studio, Ed, and Barbara Hale was screaming with laughter and saying, I, I don't know whether to laugh or get pissed or what, but her toilet, which she needed, was filled with about three dozen long stem red roses mm-hmm. <laughs> that Perry Mason had planted in there. <laughs> so she had to go down the hall to somebody else's toilet to, to make a piddle. Yes, and, he, and Ray, Ray did that all the time because you know, back, back then he was shooting as many as 35, 40 shows a year. So it's breakneck pace. you got to do stuff like that to add a little levity. You know, oh, yes. to the proceedings. Um, if if I remember correctly, one of the parries that you did, you were brunette, and I think you may have filmed it around the time you did Witness, because I think you were. Uh, you tell me if I'm wrong. You were you were a brunette in Witness, correct? Yes, yes. Except I've got a story to tell you. In both cases, no, they were nowhere near in time. I did the Perry Mason one, and this is funny because the point was that a blonde was involved with whatever, and it was a clue, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So there were several of us girls that had our hair dipped dark. And the blonde, I can't remember who she was now, played the role. And I said, now, wouldn't it have been easier to do the one girl dark and leave us natural blondes or near natural blondes alone with our hair and just changed the word to it was a brunette rather than it was a blonde. But somehow nobody thought of that, so all of us had our hair dipped. That's okay. But with witness for the prosecution, the producer had seen me uh, out and about uh, at, a, at a performance of Frank Sinatra's and said that was a strange screen test he gave me looking at me across the room as I watched Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had me come in and Billy Wilder put me on film and Marlena Dietrich, the leading lady of Witness for the Prosecution, got one look at me on the film and she said, Nick, nine, forget it. <laughs> She's a blonde. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I was dipped overnight and became a brunette and uh, rather enjoyed it for a while. Witness for the Prosecution, along with Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, two films that are still considered among the best films ever made, and they're the two films that helped launch Ruta's career. Ruta talks about those movies and more in Consider Your Ass Kiss, which is available for pre-order right now at Amazon.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item, if you love Ella Fitzgerald, our friend Jeffrey Mark celebrates the music of the First Lady of Song every week on Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella. You can hear Jeffrey Mark Plays Ella on Megaphone and wherever else you find podcasts. This this is one of the fun things I learned, is we mentioned the, the chandelier banging into your head as, as you entered that day on High Rollers. You had a few mishaps and bumps and bruises especially when you're doing i mean you, you had a couple early on when you're doing seven brides but you, you did but there are a lot of bumps that you did in uh when when you're doing theater and the the only other actor i know who had as many bumps and bruises throughout his career was your dear friend james garner so it's, you both have that as, as a badge of honor well you know that not only he 
But Jack Kelly, who played his brother, mm -hmm. had a horrendous problem. They were up water skiing in Lake Tahoe. Mm -hmm. And the rule with all the boat drivers, uh, meaning the drivers that pull the skier, you know, is that if the skier falls, you circle back around the skier to keep him safe because there's so much traffic on, on Tahoe. Mm -hmm. And so Jack was water skiing. His wife was in the boat behind the driver, and he fell. And when he fell, the handles somehow went looping around his ankle when he fell. And so now the boat driver is follows the rule of speeding up to circle around him, mm -hmm. not realizing that he is dragging Jack on the rope that has spun around his ankle. And Jack said he was going to die because he's, his head is underwater. He's going to die. And his wife is screaming and of course over the boat roar and and everything she's having a hard time explaining stop 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 and jack said what saved him was the fact that the foot that he was being dragged on was creating a wake mm -hmm. bubbles that gave him air so he was catching some air all that time he was being dragged and when they pulled him out of the boat or the water and put him in the boat, the rope had cut through everything, through all the tissue to the bone. And he was in a cast for months and months trying to get that foot back to the condition that he needed it to be in. Wow, I don't know that anybody's ever told that story about him, including himself. Well, it sounds like... Jack had a guardian angel watching over him that day to, to create that path of bubbles so that he could breathe, you know, while he was able to come back to the surface and, and, and be rescued. Otherwise, uh, Brother Brett would have been an orphan. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh at that. No, no, I don't mean to make light, light of it either, but I, I think if Jack told the story, he, he probably would have told it that way. No doubt, because he also, God bless him, had a wild sense of humor. Yeah. He was wonderful. Well, of course, Jimmy Gardner was mm -hmm. one of the cutest things that ever happened. Yep. You know, uh, and and like like every girl in America, I had a crush on him. But gosh, he was so cute and so funny, and and I could never ever ever think seriously of having any kind of a a whoopee relationship with him, uh, because not only was he married, but we laughed too hard, you mm -hmm. know, and so we never could have had time for kissing because we were laughing. Yeah. The, the Maverick you did is one of the most famous Mavericks of all. Of, of all. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. But, no, uh, I'm not. It's, uh, it was one of the first that Roy Huggins wrote, and it established the character where that you know Maverick was not your... Ma Maverick was not Matt Dillon. Maverick was not your ordinary uh, Western hero. And your character in the show that you did, which also had your friend Werner Klemperer in it, if I remember correctly... Oh. Forgotten that. Yeah, but there's a line where you say to Jim as Maverick, Mr. Maverick, Mr. Maverick, please help me. You know, my father's in trouble. And Maverick says, 
You see that uh, building over there? That's where the sheriff's office is. You should talk to him. And <laughs> and and your character says, you're not very noble, aren't you? And, and Maverick says, no, ma'am, I'm not. And, and it was funny because you don't expect to hear that on, on a Western, but that was one of the that's one of the famous scenes in the ones you, that you did with you. Is this the one where I pull a gun on him? Yes, you do. You do that in the same scene, and that's where you get him to change his mind. Now, stop and think about what a small world this is. If I am not mistaken, you might look this up, but I think that Howard Koch... Yes, he did. ...directed that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And Howard Koch became a producing partner of Frank Sinatra, mm-hmm. and that's the man along with Frank, who is responsible for my being leading lady to Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis, Peter Lawford, Joey Bishop, etc., etc., etc. So what a small, round world we really live in. It certainly is. Ruta Lee is on the line with us. Ruta's memoir, Consider Your Ass Kissed, is available for pre-order right now at Amazon.com. We'll take a quick time out. We'll talk some more with Ruta when we come back on TV Confidential. Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800 917 2194 you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.